your Bibles to Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37. This is part two of the message I started last week, which the title of it is Setting Your Course. So this is part two. Setting Your Course. Um, I'm going to quickly, allow me to just read through this. I can't, I don't have time to elaborate on it. Um, oh, I'm so sorry, Brian. I missed your testimony. Do you want to share your testimony? He's like, no, it's silly. I'm sorry, but I like silly testimonies too. Because those are the evidences that God really cares about what we care about. And yesterday, we have friends coming over tonight for um, football and, oh, sorry, I just offended a bunch. You're not supposed to get offended. So anyway, um, but so I told him, I said, hey guys, let's clean the house today because Sunday I really just want to, you know, I, I like to kick back. So I did a lot of the food prep and everything yesterday so I don't have to do that. And so I looked at Brian and I says, you know, if you help me clean the house, which they're always, always good about cleaning the house, and don't complain if I ask for it to be put back, you can bring the big TV from the downstairs and put it upstairs. <laughs> He's going, yeah. And Brian starts laughing. He goes, you know that's an answer to prayer. <laughs> I asked God for that big TV to be brought up here, but not with me asking you to do it, but that you would tell me it would be done. And I went, that's awesome. So he likes my conditions too. So that's going, yeah, that's happening. But He's like, I can't tell people that. I, I'm like, I love it. That is just God's way. You ever get those little things? Like we were standing, I don't know if you know this, but I really like gifts. <laughs> and yesterday, you know, we have been, we have been diligent in our house. We are speaking what God's speaking. And we're going to get into that today. But we know, not just Oh, we think, or oh, but we know and we stand upon God has good plans for us. Plans to prosper us, give us hope, future. All his promises are yes and amen. All of them, not some of them, not for some people, all of them to all who believe, right? So we started, I mean, we just, God, you know, we are faithful tithers. We are faithful givers. We are faithful and we're exuberant. We're happy. We're joyful. It's not even a problem in our mind that we would ever try to withhold the first fruit. It's yours, God. Why? Because you give us so much. Well, there's a blessing and a promise to that. When you do that, he says, I promise to open up the windows of heaven and pour upon you a blessing you cannot contain. So we've been speaking that lately. That God, it's, come, it's already here and you've already got your angels and they're already moving and they're bringing us blessings. I came to church today, two gifts. I'm like, Brian, I got gifts. I, there, he, for some reason, he's not too happy because they weren't for him. I mean, the earrings he could wear, but I don't know. They don't go with his outfit. And the, the cup, you could use the mug I got. Jesus paid it all. See him. Wow, what a testimony is that? Yeah. 
Come on. I just love it. Sorry. All right, so because I'm out of time already, I'm just going to read. <sighs> we came into the pre-service prayer, and I'm like, I'm just all, like, giddy. There's just so much. It's like that fog that's been setting over us is getting blown away. And all of a sudden, it's like, bing, 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 bing. All these lights are going to start going on, and we're actually going to start getting it. I just love it. Okay, so last week we really, I began by sharing two of the four spiritual disciplines that every believer needs to have in their lives. And these must be unmovable to keep us on course. See, the enemy constantly wants to distract you. Knock you off course. So he'll give you good things. Um, he'll tell you half-truths. He'll give you little things. He'll, you know, all those little, you know, gnats, you know, flying around, you know, and you forget what you're doing. Um, but these must be in your life. They must be unmovable. And that is how you think, how you see, what you say, and what you do. That's the four. They must be unmovable. And we talked about how you think. You will constantly be struggling with what you think if you first don't settle on how you think. You have to change how you think in order to then, it just kind of follows pattern what you think about. Romans, and we looked at Romans 12 too. I don't have time to get into all that, but it says that God will transform you into a new person. Why? When we change how we think. Change how you think. And he, he warned us, stop thinking like the world thinks. Like, like mom was just saying, I have a pain, so the enemy wants to go, must be cancer. Right? That's how the world would think. How we are made to think is I have a pain and you can't be there. It was already bore by my Savior. You're a defeated foe. You can't be in my body. Get out. That's how we're supposed to think. With the mind of Christ, as if he like opens up your head and sticks his brain inside of you, okay? Thinking like Christ would think. And then God says, and by the way, if you lack wisdom, just ask me. He said he'll give his wisdom to any, and I like it, without restraint. He's not going to judge you, well, you deserve my wisdom, but you don't. He says, I'll give it liberally to all who ask. So we need to be how we think. We're thinking with the mind of Christ and we're thinking with the wisdom of God. And test your thoughts. Don't let these random things just roll through your mind. The most dangerous truth is a half-truth. And they'll start, I had this, uh, God dropped this into me, the progression of deception comes from random thoughts. You just let your mind go and all of a sudden you start thinking about this and all of a sudden it's usually a half truth. I mean, Pastor Neil says it all the time that, you know, the enemy can float a lie. Why? Because he floods you with truth. He did that when he deceived Jesus. He used scripture. He used the word on the word, the living word. Why? Because he floated a half truth. By flooding him with the truth. Half-truths. And those will come when you start 
random thoughts. But when you line it up, how can this be? Is it okay? Well, I fell off. Come on, Rodney, I'm sorry. I'm just going to pick on you. Well, I fell off, blah, 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 at work, and it, I landed on concrete. It's going to hurt. That's the world's way of thinking. It, and you're like, well, I'm just going to jump off everything. Again, that was, see, that was the test against Jesus. Oh, God won't let anything hurt you, so just jump off the building. He's like, mm, I don't think so. But if I have an accident and I have pain, it doesn't have to stay. So test every thought. Make it line up with the word. Is it okay for me to live a life of pain? No. Does God want me to have this sickness? No. So line it up. And then the second thing we talked about last week was how you see. Your vantage point makes all the difference. Where you see from will determine what you see. We have been made to set in heavenly realms. So when we look at our problem from our problem, crying out and pleading, God, don't you care? We're looking from the wrong vantage point. He says, I have overcome the world. Everything has been placed under my feet. No, by the way, you're not even under my feet. You're sitting beside me. We talked about that last week, that all. He's given us weapons. What? They're weapons not of this world. They have divine power to demolish all strongholds. I have given you power over all the enemy. All, over all his powers. I've given you power. That was Luke 10.19. Write that down. And then he says, see how you, how you see, see your problems from the heavenly perspective and see people from the heavenly perspective. He said, don't look at people like, oh, he's good, he's bad, he deserves salvation, he don't really. They're all God's children. All of them. And we're supposed to treat them, look at them as if, because they are, God's children. And you should be treating them as such. You shouldn't just, um, what's the, you know, do to others as you want done to yourself. No. Throw that out. Do to others, treat others like you want others to treat your kids. Oh, now there's a difference. Isn't there, Mama Bear? Where'd you go? There's a difference with that. Because you can do a lot of junk to me. But don't touch my kids. Right? Treat other people like that because they are his kids. So look at problems from heaven's perspective and look at people from heaven's perspective. All right, again, these must be unmovable. Shifting back and forth is that unstable man, that double-minded man. He's unstable in all his ways. Actually, he renders the word of God powerless. Because he goes from thinking like the world to, oh yeah, I, I forgot, I'm supposed to think like God. And, oh, everybody's against me to, oh yeah, maybe I'm supposed to love everybody. Well, I love the ones that love me. They actually render the word of God powerless. 
So these must be unmovable. So today we're going to jump into, I told you to turn to, and then I didn't do it, uh, Ezekiel. I'm sure you've found him by now, right? He's somewhere over here. Ezekiel 37. Look at this. How about I just speak to the clock and speak to the sun and ask it to just stand still for a time so we can get through this message? Is that all right? Oh, okay. Stop it. Yeah, okay. Ezekiel 37, we're going to read starting at verse 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me, this is Ezekiel saying this, and he brought me by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. Bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? In other words, what do you think? I said, oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know. In other words, whatever you think, God. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel says, so... I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them, and they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. I mean, think about that short little story. And it happened. I don't know if you know that, but it it happened. Think about that. We're, We're talking about these four unmovable disciplines in our life. How we see, how we think, what we say, and what we do. It's all covered in those few verses. How you think. He was being led by the Spirit out into this valley. And God says to him, hey, what do you think about this? Whatever you think, you know. What do you see? Well, he was being led by the Spirit, right? So whose vantage point did he have? The Spirit's vantage point. He was seeing from heaven. 
And then God says, I'm going to tell you what to say to these bones. Say this. I will. I will. Did you hear that? How many times he said, I will. I will. I will. So what did Ezekiel do? He said what God was saying. Now, I mean, there, there should be a huge revelation just in that. Because do you think God didn't have the power to breathe into those bones? Do you think God couldn't have spoke it and it happened? No, but he put it in the heart of man. And he so ordained it that I will use them. And he said, I'm going to tell you what to say. You just have to say it. What I say do, you have to do it. And then you're going to see it. What you say. He said, I put the power of life and death in your mouth. Who is he talking to right there? Was it just Christians? No, everyone. Why? Because everyone was made in the image of God. Everyone. When he began creating the heavens and the earth, he spoke it into existence. When he was speaking, what he was speaking was creating. He is life, right? When he created us, all of us, please get that half-truth out of your mind. That, well, that's just for Christians. Well, he only created those he foreknew, he predestined, and for some reason we've turned that into a, a small handful that God only wants to redeem, and that's a lie. He said, my heart is that what all would be saved. Okay? Sorry, I got off there. So when he created us... In his image, that's when that created power of life and death came into our mouth. And we have in our mouth the same power that he has in his mouth to create from the words we say, life or death. What you speak, you will see. Whether it's life or or death. I mean, think how many times in a day you say the words, I don't believe that. I'm stupid. I'll never get this. I can't do this. I've always been this way. I can't change. Oh, it's just part of who I am. Or the most famous one that we've already heard in the testimonies, the yeah, but. The yeah buts. Which usually means, God, I don't believe you. Which is a pretty way of saying God's a liar. When you throw your yeah buts to his promises, Amen. you are physically telling him and calling him a liar. Because you choose not to believe it. How you speak, real simple, say whatever he's saying. <laughs> but it's like learning a new language, isn't it? I, I told you this a few weeks ago. 
I don't know, I can't tell you how many times in a day I say shut up. But I'm not saying shut up. I'm like shut up. Right? There's a difference. I taught Dave Williams this. While he was here, he's like, you know, you say shut up a lot. I'm going to try that a couple times. Well, he used it all wrong and I'm like, Dave, you can't say it like that. That's no, it's like, oh, like shut the door. It's just like, oh, shut up. Well, Owen, my grandson, when I was there, gosh, I would say it just because it's just, you know, it's just part of my language. And he'd be like, oh, Gigi, that hurts my heart when you say that. <laughs> like, I'm so sorry. And like the second, third time, he's like, I think we need to smack your lips. <laughs> He's like, Daddy, and I'm looking at my oldest son. I'm like, you're going to smack my lips? He's like, bring me your lips, Gigi. I'm like, okay. I didn't even realize. It's like learning a new language. We have to learn this language to speak what God is speaking. And I know it's, it sounds funny at first. It actually, have you ever learned a new language? Has anyone in here ever learned a new language? It feels funny in your to your tongue, doesn't it? It's like you can't, I mean, I knew un poquito, just a little Spanish because I took some missions trip to Mexico and I needed to know el baño, where's the bathroom? You know? Or me amo Brenda, my name is Brent, you know? I'm like, I, I just, it, it still doesn't, it, it's just so, it's my it is learning a new language. It is, but I promise you, it will become second nature to you when you start speaking what God is speaking. Over yourself is a good place to start. God, you have good things in store for me. You have great plans to give me hope and a future. Your plans for me is to prosper me, to bring, you withhold no good thing from me. I am the apple of your eye. I am pleasing in your sight. I am the righteousness of God. I walk in your phone and I just start speaking what? What he's saying over me. Why? I don't believe for one second God's a liar. And if he spoke it, that's it. It settles it. It's truth. And actually, we might do a little more digging into this on Wednesday night, which, by the way, again, you're missing Wednesday nights. You're missing it. That truth is equal to reality. Truth is reality. The spirit of truth is the spirit of reality. The Holy Spirit Spirit of truth, Jesus said, will take from what is mine and make it a reality to you. Truth is reality. When you speak truth, it creates reality. Revelations, I think it's 19, where it says the spirit of testimony, or the, the testimony is the spirit of prophecy. We always say that, and it is, and yes, but there's an and. There's another side. When you give testimony that creates hope, it speaks into people's lives, and they can actually grab a hold of that and take that as an answer to their need, right? It's also, you guys are getting really quiet on me. I'm so sorry. 
It is also, God showed me that this morning, that when we testify, when we speak the word of God, when we speak what God's speaking, we create, hello, where have you heard this before? The reality of it. The spirit of prophecy. You are prophesying, creating, speaking life into whatever you're talking. You speak to it. You create. It's in you. God created you that way. When you testify, when you speak what God's speaking, you create. That's what prophecy is. You're forming your future in agreement with the plans God has for you when you speak his word. And for others. If you got somebody in your life, and don't raise your hand, or don't elbow your spouse either, but if you've got somebody in your life that seems to be your thorn in your flesh, I'll put them that way, speak life over them. I was telling this, I think, to Steve when we were talking a couple weeks ago. I have a problem with praying against people. I have a problem with praying against the, even the destruction of things or people or even the most wicked of things or people. I do. I have a problem with it because it says the goodness of God will lead to repentance. And all of them are God's children. And yes, they might be the wickedest, most vile person, but so was I, but by the grace of God. And so I would rather speak life into them, prophesy life to them, than I would to, what am I, prophesying death into them? Get them out of there, shut them down, remove them, get them, God. I just have a problem with that. We speak life. I mean, isn't a bigger testimony? I think we were saying the Sally Joe and I was uh, over, I can't think of, I never pronounce his name, King Jong Yum, whatever. That one. Would it be a bigger testimony for God to remove him and just get rid of him, or for God to save him? And transform everything he does from where he sits now. Oh, yeah. So I'm speaking life to him. I'm speaking good things. God's got a book written about him just like he's got a book written about me. Before I was created, before he was created, God knit him together in his mother's womb just like he knit me together in my mother's womb. So I am speaking that his life will come into agreement with the book that God has written for him. Because it would be a greater miracle for his life to be transformed upon his throne where he sits than him just to be removed. Be careful what you say. And number four, set what you do. Set what you do. Again, wanting a different result but continuing to do the same thing is insanity. Come on. If you, I like this. Chris Valentin said, if you only do what humans can do, how will they know God is in you? 
So how do we do, how do we set what we do? Be Jesus. Turn over to Ephesians 4, and I am wrapping up with this, I promise. Ephesians 4. Be Jesus. He said, in this world, you are as I am in this world right now. Jesus said, as I am, so are you right now in this world. Be Jesus. Be Jesus. It's not enough to just know who Jesus is. It's not even enough to just talk about who he is. Just as he is, so are we. We must be who he is. Jesus said in John 14, 12, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater than these. Believe and do. Believe and do. Right? James, over and over again, talks about faith and deeds. Faith and deeds. They cannot be separated. You cannot have one without the other. They go together. Hebrews says that faith is a substance the substance, faith professes, faith says what it believes, right? It professes, faith professes what is believed. Deeds is the evidence of the profession. They must go together. Think about it. If Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, right? How many times do we create the, or say that, right? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, right? I can do all things. I can do all things. Well, we usually end up professing that, what? When we're waiting for God to fix the thing. Right? You say that and then you sit back and you want to wait until you see a change and then you can, see, I can do all things through Christ. He's like, what? Faith and deeds, the say and the do, must go together. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. The faith is saying Christ gives me strength. The do is I can do the thing now because I have his strength. For you to sit down and just keep professing it and professing it and professing it and well, just pray for me. This thing isn't getting done. Well, do it. It's like standing, come on, I said this last week, it's like standing in front of the bank. I could just see somebody now in front of Chemical Bank. I profess right now I have money in my bank account that's going to meet the need I have to pay this bill. I profess it now. And then walk away. You got to go in and make the withdrawal to receive the cash, <laughs> to pay the bill. They can't be separated. But Satan so floated us with this half-truth to believing we just continue to profess, we continue to profess, and what? So step out on it. Remember when Peter was in the boat, he said, call my name, right? And then he didn't magically just start floating along the water. He had to step out of the boat. Why? He had to put trust into the profession. 
And then the two, bang, came together. And that creates the reality. Oh. I see light bulbs starting to come on. The two together is what makes the reality. The faith and the deeds. Hebrews 11 lists that long line of what huge faith right giants right what is it listing their deeds what they did that proved their faith and then he said in verse 6 without this kind of faith what kind of faith is he talking about faith that has deeds with it faith that professes it and feet that does it Without this kind of faith, it is impossible to please God. Sorry, I told you I was going to Ephesians 4. Here it is, because we're talking about how, what to do. We are to be Jesus to this world. And here it is, Ephesians 4. So I tell you this and insist upon it. Am I in the right place? Yes. In the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, listen to this, in the futility of their thinking, this random thoughts of just thinking like the world thinks. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of the heart. Same thing we preached on Matthew 13. That he said, it's all there. Secrets of the kingdom of God is there. But if you don't steward it well, it's going to be taken from you. You ignore God's word, hardening of your heart. And he goes on to say, now you've, they've lost all sensitivity. They've given themselves over to sensuality. So as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught and are being taught with regard to your former way of life. Listen, here's your action. Put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. To be made new in the attitude of your mind. There it is again. Attitude. What you do in your thinking. How you think. And to put on the new self created to be dun, da, 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 like God. You are created to be like God. In true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must Put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. For we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. Don't let that evil salesman stick his foot in your door. Mm-mm. Gwacha! Slam! Get back! I, sorry, I'm digressing a minute. But those that have been over to my house know that Des, our boxer, um, looks big and can look ferocious, but she's not. Maybe we shouldn't 
take this out of the podcast. Well, I hope that everybody listening to the podcast is good. So when a stranger comes knocking on my door, I call her to me. And I put my knee, because she don't wear a collar, and I put my knee out so she's right here. And I tell her before I open the door, who's here, who's here, who's here? What is it? Who is it? I get her riled up. Why? So when I open the door a little bit, she's going, and the hair's sticking up on my back, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are you? Oh, it's just you? Oh, okay, come on in. You know? And then she's still got hair up on her back. She's wagging her tail and licking you, you know, right. Don't give him a foothold. Nothing. Don't even let him come in a little bit. Do not, oh, where was we? Oh, those who have been stealing don't steal anymore. Hello? Go to work. I like that. Do something useful with your own hands that you will have something to share with those in need. I won't even go there. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Listen, only let what comes out of your mouth be helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. That puts a big tight rein on our tongue, doesn't it? And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Listen, he is there to take from what is Jesus's, make it known to you. He's here to be your teacher, to lead you into all truth, to guide you, to make known the mysteries of God to you. To I mean, Come on. So to grieve him means that you ignore him as if he's not even there. I mean, how, much, how many of us like to be ignored? How about with a spouse? Do you like it when your spouse ignores you? Now, I don't know about you, but I don't give Brian 10 seconds if we're into a conversation and he goes quiet. Uh-uh. Mm. And I don't even like it when his eyes go somewhere else. I'm like, I'm right here. Look at me, right? Grieving the Holy Spirit by ignoring that he's even there. Get rid of all bitterness. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander. Slander is saying things that hurt the character of another. Anything. And the worst form of slander comes in your opinion. Doesn't matter. Get rid of it all. Along with every form of malice. Malice is an ill will towards someone. Just an ill will. Well, I just don't. Malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Listen, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Keep reading. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. He's calling us to be like God, be imitators of God, just as Jesus is now, so are we now in this world. Living a life 
of forgiveness just as God forgave you. And living a life of love just as God loves you. Amy, would you come back up? Or Crystal or whoever. Listen. These four disciplines, how you think, how you see, what you say, and what you do, are they have to be unmovable, let me tell you this. But they are not just pertinent, they're they're not just important. I mean, I could ask some, um, oh, James isn't here today. See, I always lean on James for, you know, aviation stuff. See, I lean on him for aviation stuff. I lean on my dad for nautical stuff. But just as a Navy man wouldn't get on a ship without a captain, without a navigational system, without other bodies to help him in steering the ship. You know, there's compasses, you know. There's things that you start to get on the ship if they don't have, get off the ship, right? These are the same. These four things have to be in your life to keep you on course through it all. How you think from heaven's perspective how you see, or I'm sorry, how you think with the mind of Christ, with the wisdom of God. How you see from heaven's perspective. What you say, say what God is saying. And what you do, be like God. We're created to be like God. As he is, we are to be Jesus in this world. to do that there's no question there's no well that's good for some and uh, I can be the speaking one but I'm not really the being one or I can be you know no they all these are unmovable unmovable they have to be in your life so let me ask you would you stand just like we have been over the last couple weeks, we're going to open the altars in just a minute with these couple uh, response questions and then if you have healing that you need, a need in your life or uh, whatever that you need to see a miracle today, we're going to pray. We're not just praying for you, we're believing with you and it will be done. There's not, I hope something good will happen to you. There is a promise that God will not hold any good thing from you. All sickness, disease, everything else is gone. But we'll have that few minutes at the altar where all the staff and the the prayer altar workers are going to pray with you. And then, and nobody's released to go. Brian's locking the door back there so you can't get out. After that time at the altar, then the team will come back up. We'll do one final song because we just want to, we don't ever want to forget to thank God for what he's done. All right? He's already done so much. 
So don't leave without thanking him. And we're not ignoring the Holy Spirit during this time. All right? He is the one moving. His presence. Jesus says, where two or three are gathered, here I am. So he's here already. Your healing's here already. Your miracle's here already. But let me just ask you a couple questions because sometimes we need that to help us in our, in our um, I hate to use the word introspection. I don't want you to, oh, I'm horrible, I'm a worm, you know. Yeah, I believe there's a, the Holy Spirit will convict us, which means draws us. Conviction is a drawing you closer to the holiness of God. Condemnation is what Satan wants in the finger-pointing accuser that will make you run out those back doors. The minute she's looking away, I'm out. I'm praying for the release of the conviction of the Holy Spirit to draw you into God. But do you have a hard time seeing yourself as Jesus in the world? I know what I do. I know what I think. I know. I don't know. As Jesus, that's kind of high. That's kind of lofty. Do you have a hard time seeing yourself as Jesus? Or like the scripture we just, as God. If you do, you're believing a lie. Because his word says you are. You have been created like that. So if you're struggling with, I can't see myself, you're believing a lie and you need to come up. You're going to renounce the lie that you've been believing and you're going to accept the truth and you're just going to begin professing over yourself and declaring over yourself what? Exactly what God said about you. And the prayer team's going to help you do that and they're going to start speaking those things over you. Are you hearing God call? It's time to start doing and not just believing. It's time to start doing. Greater things will you do than I did. It's time to start doing and not just believing. And if you're here today and you haven't made a solid commitment to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, today's your day too. And don't run out those back doors. Today's your day. We read in Romans 12 that we're supposed to present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy, acceptable to God. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciples, you must what? Deny self, pick up your cross and follow me. So it's not just a one and done, it's an every day. And so maybe you've allowed, maybe you've been ignoring God's word. And your heart has become a little calloused, complacent, comfortable. I do a lot of professing. I have a hard time doing the doing, the trusting, the taking that step of faith. Come on, we're going to pray together and we're going to break these lies. We're just opening up the altar. So come on, if you need to, yes, that spoke to me. I need that. Uh, a healing, like Rodney's going to get healed today. You need a healing. Pain